Yer. Welcome to the Davis 10 Soccer Podcast. My name is Greg Davis, former NCAA Division I athlete, and the goal of this podcast is to shed light on the harsh realities of life after sports. My guest today is former professional and collegiate soccer player Matthew Uwe. Uwe played his collegiate years at Fairfield University in Connecticut, being selected Fairfield Freshman Athlete of the Year and named to the All-MAC First Team in 2009 and 2010, and NSCAA Adidas All-Region Team in 2008, 2009, and 2010. After graduation, Ui continued his playing career professionally in Asia, playing for the top division in the Philippines, where he earned 10 international caps with the U23 men's national team, participating in the Asia Cup qualifiers, World Cup 2018 playoff qualifier, and Suzuki Cup. Prior to college, the Long Island native attended high school at IMG Academy in Bradenton, Florida, after being selected for the 2007 U.S. Residency Program, where he earned over 40 caps with the U-17 national team. Uwe is currently serving as assistant coach at New Jersey Institute of Technology, NGIT, during a span in which he helped guide the Highlanders to the first NCAA appearance at the Division I level, tied the school record for wins in a season, and was part of a coaching staff recognized as the United Soccer Coaches Atlantic Region Coaching Staff of the Year. Uwe, welcome to the Davis 10 Soccer Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. For sure. Definitely. And and let me just start off. Uwe is a New York soccer legend. Like I'm, not, <laughs> like, I'm talking, I'm talking not even just New York City, like New York State. Like this, this uh I know Uwe is 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 I think two years older than me, right? I think he's yep. in nineteen ninety. So um we were just chatting it up beforehand and, and we were like, Man, do we do we ever play against each other? And he mentioned that um, you know, he may have been like coaching a team when I was playing in college. So uh, you know, we 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 overlapped a little bit here and there, but um, um, you know, uh, but Uwe is, you know, I, I told I told a, a couple of guests beforehand I was going to have Uwe on. They're like, man, that man is is legendary. Like, uh, <laughs> thank you, we'll, thank you. You know, obviously you can you can tell based off just the intro and the different things that you've done, you know, playing wise. But also just just really quick, I, you know, so I asked you beforehand as well. I was like, you know, is that right if I call you Uwe? So Matt Uwe's last name is spelled U-Y. And everyone like knows like Uwe, Uwe also has comes from a, a, a soccer family, two other brothers that that play as well, which we'll get into. But um, I was just I was just curious, and uh, you know I was curious. Just I, I thought it's just such like an interesting last name, and I was wondering too. I was like, how many teachers in school like messed that up when they were you know? <laughs> and um, I was curious, if, you know, if there was like a, a specific background or, or anything regarding your your last name, Uwe. Yeah, first of all, everybody gets it wrong when I was growing <laughs> up, and. Uh, Everybody calls me Uwe. Actually, the only person who calls me Matthew is my mom. Um, <laughs> but anyways, uh, my, my mom is Italian, like grew up born in Italy. And my dad was like, well, born in the Philippines as well. Right. So it's kind of like an Asian background. They both like migrated here. So that's kind of where the Uwe comes from. My dad's also um, part Chinese. That's Uwe is actually Chinese. It's not Filipino. Interesting. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. So like a little bit of Chinese, a little bit of Filipino, a little bit of Italian, yeah. you know, um, but it's funny what you said, right? Cause like my brother, well, both my brothers were very good players, um, in their own right, all different, all three of us different, but very good. And, um, you know, everybody always asked or like, you know, did your parents ever play? And my parents never played. They have no idea what soccer was. They never kicked the ball. They never touched the ball. So, you know, we got really lucky um, with the ability to play soccer. It, it's something that we're, we always talk about and we don't know where it came from. That's so um, interesting. But obviously it's really lucky. 
Yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. Like you said, I mean, everyone knows him as as Uwe and and the Uwe brothers, man. Uh, they have a, a definitely a, a strong reputation uh, just in New York soccer in general. So just appreciate you you having having you on, man. Really is thank a, you. It's, it's thank an you. absolute pleasure. And and we'll get into you know a, a little bit in, in terms of like the questions and things. But I did just want to take a you know a quick minute just just to. At this point, I think this will be like maybe episode 24 or 25 once it gets released. And I just want to give a huge shout out to just all of my guests so far. I think this is 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 something that, you know, is is something that is, is very even like emotional for me. Um, just, just because I, I had a really tough time transitioning out of sports after college. And that's part of the reason why I started this podcast. So when I reach out to, to different guests and different things like that, it's, it's, uh, it's not, I just want to point out to, you know, I always give a good thanks to, to, and a big thanks to, to all my guests after the show, but I just want to, you know, even, even for the listeners, just, just to, to understand that, that some of this stuff isn't easy. You know, a lot of this stuff is, I've, I've had many guests on the show. That's like, man, I've never told this to anybody and, and they're coming on this podcast telling that to um you know to listeners that could be all over so i just want to give a big shout out to you know to to all the guests that i've had so far future guests and and really just um for all the listeners to understand that like man this stuff this stuff isn't easy i think it's a it's it's meant to be um you know, a, a sort of a, a, an emotional podcast. And when I say emotional, I don't mean, you know, tears and, and, and sadness. I mean, all the emotions, right? I'm talking uh, excitement, joy, uh, uh, sadness, um, you know, go through, we're talking about tough times through transitions. So, you know, just, just want to, you know, just throw it out there that, that, you know, again, just a big thanks to, to all my guests going on. And, and I really hope the listeners know, like, you know, this isn't, this isn't the easiest thing to do to tell your personal stories. And, and uh, so I, I appreciate all, all the listeners as well. And, and of course, all the guests. So, so with that, man, let's, uh let's, let's get right into it. So, you know, you kind of started telling me a little, which is so interesting that, that you mentioned the, you know, the, the background of your parents having, having no real, just yeah, even, yeah. even, uh, not, I want to say knowledge of soccer, but but just no uh, connections to soccer whatsoever. So why don't you start off by telling me how you got into soccer and uh, and what initiated your love for the sport? Yeah, you know, I, I get that question asked a lot. And, you know, growing up, my brother's only, my older brother's only 18 months older than me. My younger brother's seven years, so there's a bit of a gap. But I think growing up, my mom would sign up me and my brother my older brother for every sport you know we played soccer basketball baseball lacrosse we played roller hockey in the winter like we just did everything and i think it was a lot of it to kind of keep us busy get us out of the house you know and that's kind of really how it started we grew up playing every sport um i have early memories of you know, my mom driving me to soccer and then driving my older brother to soccer, picking me up early, driving me to baseball practice, picking up my older brother, take, picking me up and just nonstop sports for me and my older brother, our whole early kind of life. So it was never forced on us. Um, my parents never forced us to, you know, to play soccer or play any other sport regardless. It kind of just happened naturally. You know, one of the good things about growing up with an older brother, not too old, not too much older from you, we would play constantly in the backyard. We would play every sport possible. You know, we're breaking glass windows. <laughs> you know, we're breaking, you know, balls are going over the fence to our neighbors and we have to go grab it. Just nonstop activities. And then I think as we kind of got a little bit older, meaning 12, 13, 
we started to gravitate towards football or, you know, soccer. It just became kind of natural to us. Um, I can't, you know, pinpoint one specific moment where I said, I want to be a footballer or, you know, I want to take this serious. But uh, it kind of just happened organically. You know, I, I have memories of me and my brother, you know, standing on the front lawn. He's like four houses away on their grass. And we're like smashing long balls back and forth, like 40-yard balls. And, you know, I really grew to love the game. I really grew to like, I love to train. I love to hit the ball in different ways. You know, I'm a lefty, uh, natural lefty. Like I don't, I don't have a right foot at all, but I just <laughs> love to hit the ball with different parts of my foot all day long. And, and my brother would do the same and we would just spend hours and hours, you know, like that's kind of how our love for the game grew. And, you know, I, I look back and it's really, really good times, you know, yeah. but I will say like, me and my brother were also very good baseball players. And at one point, we had to make a decision on where we wanted to go. Uh, me and my brother played in a, in a tournament in Cooperstown, New York, which is where the Baseball Hall of Fame is. It's like an all-star baseball tournament for younger kids. And we were involved in that as well. So we were heavily involved in baseball and, and soccer at a decent level in youth sports, you know. So, you know, I didn't just grow up playing, playing soccer. So that's kind of how I grew up on it. Uh, from a young age, you know, it just kind of happened organically. Yeah, that's so interesting. And and you mentioned, uh, you know, I think I think we mentioned off the podcast that that you and your older brother, you're you're 18 months apart. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, we're 18 months apart. And then your younger brother is, uh, I, I think he's he's he comes yeah. a few years behind you, right? Yeah, he's seven years younger. So you know, he okay. he was a little bit younger when we were playing. You know, he was always the person in the middle. We we're doing rondos, or <laughs> you know, but me and my brother were just nonstop play in the backyard in the front lawn in the driveway just kind of competing with each other you know like we're so competitive because me and him kind of playing with each other non-stop trying to see who you know who can win at yeah. the littlest tiniest games you know <laughs> so i thought i just i found it interesting a lot of when when you were referencing you and your you know your brother you were you were saying like how you use use the term we a lot and when you say you even you, you even said it as like we had to come to make a decision when it came to like what sport to pick so you know you can clearly feel that like connection and i understand that that was like obviously you guys are close in age and and stuff but you know would you uh would you credit your 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 older brother for 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 landed on on soccer or did you guys make that decision you think like collectively um you know i th i think we made it collectively like he was involved in higher level club soccer first and he was at he was on the odp team first but uh you know i, I think we were we made the decision together that hey this is what we're going to do we're going to we're going to play football full time at a young age and you know obviously it was it was a good decision <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely absolutely and the and the Uwe brothers and i can only imagine as as the uh the the youngest sibling i'm, I'm the youngest of three as well and and i came there about, you go. uh five i'm about five years younger than my my older brother and my brother and my older sister only two years apart or even like a year and a half so i was always i felt like i was always like you know getting bullied on and stuff so uh i feel for your brother <laughs> i understand <laughs> that the youngest sibling type things but uh but you know so what was your you know what do you, what do you think what do you think was your dream you know once once you kind of decided on soccer this was something that was going to be serious for you um, at that age, you know, what, what was your dream? What did you ultimately want to accomplish with soccer in the future? You know what? Growing up, I never really wanted to. I didn't know what I wanted to accomplish in soccer. I just played because I had a lot of fun being around a team. You know, I remember 
I don't know if they do this now, even though I, I coach in the youth as well. I don't know if they do this now, but I remember back in the day, probably when I was like, again, 10 years old, they would have indoor tournaments at like high schools, right? And either in like Queens, New York, upstate New York, Jersey, everywhere. And you would leave your house at like eight o'clock in the morning. You get home at like 10 o'clock at night and you'd play like group stages, quarterfinals, semifinals and finals. And if, you know, if your team went that far, then you're there all day. And I just remember having so much fun at those tournaments, like specifically the indoor tournaments at high schools where you kind of like hang out in the cafeteria with your team. And then when your game's up, you'd walk to the gym as a, as a group and you'd play and, you know, and like growing up, you know, I played on a town team. I didn't play on like a high level team. I don't think there really was high level teams back in the day, but I was just playing for my club team. And uh, at the time it was uh, New Hyde Park Wildcats, you know, with like just kids you grow up with in your town. And uh, we had a lot of success. Like we'd always win. I'd always win MVP and just had a lot of fun being around players, you know, on a team. I love the competitiveness of, of winning and losing. And um, that's kind of how I fell in love with the game. But I never really thought to myself, hey, I want to be a pro. I think until I got a little bit older, probably when I started playing with the national team. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And just want to give a quick shout out to New Hyde Park Wildcats. I don't think you're, you're not you're not the first one to come on. Like New Hyde Park was was was. I think I mean if if we look back into the years of New Hyde Park, I I don't know if there were because I felt like the team my age was called the Wildcats too. But I, maybe I'm getting that wrong. But just it's New like Hyde Park New Hyde Park Wildcats and then like another team like another name because it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, called yeah, New Hyde right. Park Wildcats. The New Hyde yeah. Park, right, right, right. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh, so the club name for all to the club I think name so. is called New Hyde. Yeah, okay, okay. I that that would make like sense. That. That would make yeah. sense, but just you know, because if if you look back, I mean, there's there's a lot of uh, I think a lot of players, a lot of a decent amount of good players started out at, at New Hyde Park, and uh, I think unfortunately went to went to other teams that were you know that were maybe yeah. in, in bigger leagues. But I just want to you know quick shout out there because I'm that's not the first time I heard New Hyde Park on on this podcast. So <laughs> a little yeah. uh, a little small uh, uh, yeah. And growing was, up, my dad was the coach who like again, didn't, you know, he wasn't a footballer. He didn't play. Yeah. It was just a dad volunteering, uh, you know, for a local town team. And that's kind of how it all started. You know, there's no, there was no secret recipe. There was no high level coaches around me, nothing like that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, New Hyde Park, little town on Long Island, little small breeding ground for some. some yeah. Boys, so. <laughs> so what was, you know, you, you mentioned that you, you kind of just, you, you never really had like a set goal, you know, it wasn't like, Oh, I want to play for this team or that team or, you know, play for the national team and you just kind of wanted to play and, and, and play well, obviously. So what, what was like, was there, was there any point in your career where you felt like, man, this is the highest that I'm feeling right now in terms of just like my, my playing level, you know, where I'm at and in terms of the competition I'm playing against that you were like, man, like this can actually be a real thing. Like I can really take this to, to, to the next level. Uh, yeah, there, there's, I'd say there's a couple moments, you know, like, the life of a footballer is so up and down, you know, there's, it's such a roller coaster of a, of a high and low nonstop. But, uh, before I left for residency, I was playing for Albertson soccer club actually. And I was only playing for them because my brother was playing for them. So it was easy for my parents to kind of drive both of us to, to practice. So I was playing with them and, you know, my dad made a really good decision when I was younger to play me with the older group 
I wasn't playing um, with the 90s. I was kind of playing with the 89s. And then I was training with my brother's team, who's the 88s. So I was playing with older guys, you know, 13, 14, and I was, I was 12. And I was having a lot of success um, at that level also kind of molded me into the player I was, right? Since I was playing with older guys, I didn't have time on the ball. I wasn't as strong. So, you know, the kind of player I am is like, I like to pass the ball. I, I don't dribble. Um, you know, that's kind of how I identify myself. And that's how I had to play, playing with older kids, right? Uh, pros and cons of, of playing with older players. But I had a lot of success. And um, actually, I was in Florida with uh, Albertson. It's like the Disney showcase or whatever. and. Um, there was a scout at the game and he came up to me and he's like, Hey, like we want you to be part of the, of like the 89 age group. And I was like, Hey man, I'm only a 90. Mm. And, and that's kind of how like the process started of like getting identified. It's just some random tournament. Um, the guy's name is Raul Diaz Arce, who's an absolute MLS legend. He's a place for DC United quality, quality forward. He's an unbelievable player and coach in person. But he was the first person who kind of identified me um, at the next level. He was ended up being my assistant coach at uh, residency. But that's kind of how it started, um, where I felt like maybe, maybe. But again, like I think without social media, like as a kid, without um, really much access to the game at the professional level, I didn't really have aspirations or I didn't really know what else was out there or what I could become. Right. Um, but around, you know, around like 14, 15, I was... I was playing with the ODP team. I was playing with the regional team, playing with the national team. You know, I was playing U15 national team, flying out to IMG back and forth, like constantly. And uh, even then, like I never, it never really dawned on me or I never really, I never really thought about it, to be honest, that, hey, maybe I can be a pro. Maybe I can take this far. Uh, I think my parents did a really good job at kind of keeping us all grounded, you know, never really kind of saying, hey, like, you know, you can be a pro. Plus, they didn't even know what being a pro was, right? Right, right. So around 15, I'm like back and forth with the national team. Jim Barlow's my coach, who's the current coach at Princeton right now, and other, and other like high-level guys. And I'm having a lot of success, you know? Like, I'm constantly getting called in with the national team, um, Region 1 team, we're, we're going everywhere. And then, uh, and then I think getting invited to live in residency kind of like, kind of validated you know, some doubt that, Hey, like you're, you know, you're good. Right. Cause it's like, it's the top 20 players of your age group. And, uh, at the, the time what in the nation. Yeah. And yeah. at the time what they did was, uh, they brought in the first 11, uh, like six months earlier to, for the transition. And, uh, I thought I was going to be in that first 11, but I was in the second batch. Um, so after I didn't make the first batch, I kind of, it kind of hit me a little bit that, you know, maybe I'm not as good as I think. Right. But then mm. I got invited to the second batch and, uh, you know, kind of never looked back from there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I, I knew, I, I, I know about residency and, um, you know, and, and just kind of being the, you know, sort of like that program for, for high school age students for like the best kids in the country. I didn't know it was actually around like the top 20 kids. So, Shout out to you, man. That's that's incredible. Like just uh, yeah, it just it speaks to like you know how how competitive you know you you kind of have to be you know, and it brings you back to you know the competitive nature you have with your with your younger I'm sorry with your older brother uh, when you guys are always competing. But it just you know it, it it speaks to that in terms of just like 
you know, I just want to make sure everyone understands like top 20 in the country at your age group to, to make that is, is unbelievable with, uh, with, you know, obviously how, how big the U S is and, and how many kids kind of grow up playing soccer. So, um, yeah, yeah and you kind of, sure. you went on to, um, you know, you went on to play at, play at Fairfield university. And, um, that was also, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but all, all three of you, all three of the Uwe brothers went on to play at Fairfield and, yeah. um, and, uh, Fairfield's in, in, and I'll, I'll bring it up just because it rings a bell, but, uh, you know, Fairfield University may seem familiar for anyone that, that watched the World Cup, but the, the U.S. men's national. That's right. Really, that's right. Matt Turner. I just I had to I had to shout. That yeah, out. absolutely. Um, absolutely. Fairfield, Fairfield grad uh, and also uh, Arsenal goalie. And I'm a huge Arsenal fan. And I have to admit, nice. when Arsenal signed Matt Turner, I said, who the hell is this guy? Um, you know, and I saw he went to Fairfield and it blew, I mean, me and my friends still talk about it. We're like, man, it's crazy. And it's also just because Maris College, where, where I graduated from, is in the same conference, the MAC conference as Fairfield. So I'm still thinking back. I'm like, did I play against this guy? I'm trying to think. I look at the seasons that he played because I played at Maris 20, I believe it was my 20 uh 20 uh, uh sorry 2012 and 2013 seasons but i know he's a little younger than me so i may have played yeah i think him. you just missed him yeah so um but anyway yeah that's uh so starting men's goal uh men's for sure for sure goalie. that's awesome and coming out of fairfield is 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 huge i mean you know obviously no disrespect at all to fairfield uh, a division one program but you know i don't think it's a, a program known to you know to 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 fish out you know uh uh pros you know at the, at the next level in terms of just having so many pros coming out and to have you know the the starting u.s men's national goalie and player for arsenal man so that's just nuts that's nuts Crazy. Crazy. um yeah and then you went on to you know you went on to fairfield and curious about you know kind of your your transition into the the pro level at the next phase you know you spoke about a little yeah. bit about your 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 Filipino background, and I know you went off to to, to play in the Philippines and actually represent the Philippines um, yeah. national team or, or the U twenty three national team. Talk about a little bit like just that transition process, how that was like for you. How did that even come about, and and what prompted? Yeah, that? so you know after I graduated residency, uh, college wasn't really in my plans. Mm. Um, I had no, I wasn't talking to colleges I wasn't looking at colleges in my head I was going to become a pro um, you know from the age of probably 15 I kind of learned that you know learned that football was a business um, and I've been submerged in, in high level football and you know I don't know if you know the word fun was used too much when I was playing with the national team you had you know you had guys fighting for contracts and fighting for international caps and it was a very competitive environment I quickly learned that it was, it, it's a business and it is right. That's the, that's the, that's the truth about it. So, you know, what happened was I, I had a couple trials that didn't work out, got, end up getting injured right before I left. And my brother at the time was at, was at Fairfield university. Again, like I didn't do much research on, on going to college. I didn't have aspirations to go to college. It just wasn't in my plans. I dedicated so much of my life to becoming a pro ended up going to college. I ended up going to Fairfield because my brother was already there. It was like an easy transition for me to go there. So kind of at that point, I realized, um, look, like if if I'm going to college, I'm probably no longer going to be on the national team. Hmm. Um, and maybe becoming a pro isn't isn't really in my cards. Um, I think my sophomore year, my sophomore year, I went to the U20. I went to a U20 camp with Thomas Rangan in, in Mexico. And I was the only college player uh, at the on the roster. You had guys playing for Hertha Berlin all over the country, all over the world. 
and I kind of felt out of place because I'm like I'm I'm a college student in a in at Fairfield, right? I'm not at a big time school, but I you know I was still involved in the system, but not as much. And then uh, I remember going to I remember going to Czech Republic my junior year, I think, for like spring break or in the summer. I'm not, I'm not I can't remember. I went to a team that just got relegated to second division, so they were kind of offloading a lot of their big players, and they needed like young cheap players so to speak and I uh, went there and man like that was a really eye-opening experience for me that that I think every person who wants to become a pro needs to take because you know you talk about the grind you know that's the grind I was two hours outside of Prague in this motel um, nobody spoke the language the motel was really tough uh, you know the city was really gloomy just a really, really tough environment. And this is second division, uh, second division Czech Republic, yeah. and uh, you know you you realize that the guy next to you is is fighting for a paycheck, right? And and I'm kind of a college student who has it pretty easy, you know. And I remember I'll never forget that there's a training session uh, we're playing possession, and I I pass the ball to another player, and about a second later, some guy comes in two feet, uh, like studs me, right? Like kind of like scissors me. And I didn't have the ball. I'm like, I'm like, wow, really? You know, and he kind of gave me a little smirk, right? And again, like I was young at the time. I was 18, 19. Uh, but like you realize that there's another world out there of, yeah. of guys grinding to be a pro, guys grinding to provide for their families. And, you know, you see all the time, right? Like I, I'm involved in youth soccer. I, I coach college. Guys want to be pros. Guys want to be pros. And I always think to myself, man, like go to Czech Republic, three hours outside of Prague, <laughs> stay where I stayed, do those sessions, and then come back and tell me if you want to become a pro because I think your life's pretty good right now. Yeah. But that's kind of when I realized like becoming a pro is not easy and the life is not easy. And, um, you know, maybe there are other things in store for me in the future, right? So after I graduated, I didn't really have kind of aspirations to to go to the next level it wasn't really in my plans maybe get a job and you know start working right i went to college uh when i was 16 i graduated early from residency so i think you had yannick on kind of like yeah. the same boat right yeah, so i, I gra- say, yeah, both yeah, yeah so i graduated college when i was when i just turned 21 oh, wow. um i graduated in like may and i turned 21 in march right so i was like really young i had braces in college really young yeah <laughs> i think i saw a picture when i was trying to pull up some pictures i was really young no no that yeah, was braces yeah. i was young but uh i realized that uh that being a pro is is no joke mm. especially like if you want to make it right if you want to start at the bottom and make it so after i graduated college i kind of uh didn't know if i wanted to keep playing and then there was an opportunity to go to Asia, and uh, really the, the the idea or my my logic of going to Asia was to experience another side of the world, um, to go back to where my father was born. I've never been there before, and I wanted to experience that side of the world. I wanted to travel, and at the time, you know, I could play and travel, and and it was sounded like a good good deal, and. Uh, when I got over there, I kind of fell in love with the game again, so to speak. Man, like I remember going on play like Thailand in front of thirty five thousand, playing in front of like like Kuwait in front of like forty thousand. Just just like experiences, you know, that like 
people don't realize what's on the other side of the world. Like we went to Bangladesh, played in front of like 25,000, just like wild, wild experiences, you know, like going to Laos and all these places and just playing against their national teams, which are pretty good respectively. Like they're pretty good in terms of like, not like top 50 in FIFA ranking, but man, it's tough to go to these countries and just play. Um, I felt I kind of fell in love with the game again. I had some opportunities to go to Thailand, but again, like my goal there wasn't to become a pro. It's just to kind of experience life on the other side, but playing against those teams and those countries and those environments. Um, I never like think about it. You know, like I remember you mentioned like, players or people come on your podcast and they're like, Oh, like I didn't even think about this. Like I've never reflected on my career, you know, in my, yeah. in my, in my mind, like I don't think I had that good of a career. I think I had a decent, but not like a great career. Right. But when I look back and think of all the things that I did, I'm like, oh, not bad actually, <laughs> you know, yeah, you but, gotta uh, give yourself some credit for sure. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, a, that's incredible experiences right there. I mean, you like, and, and, Two totally different places. I mean, the totally. from, from Prague to uh, you know to the Philippines, or like you said Kuwait or Bangladesh. I mean, totally different. And it kind of, you know, it just it just I have to bring it up. It just made me think. I, I believe it was a, a, a like a docu series I watched recently on Netflix called Captains, and it followed like essentially eight different uh, national team yeah. captains. And yeah, 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 I've was, seen that. Um, I, and one of them was was Luka Modric from uh, Croatia, and then they had Thiago Silva from Brazil. They had uh, a captain, I believe, from Syria. But the when you mentioned just like the that motel in in Prague, and 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 it was a little gloomy. It, it really like it immediately brought me back to uh, to, to the Luka Modric, uh, you know, because it, it it takes you through their background and how they grew up, and man, like. I, I just think like like that that just Eastern Europe in general like it's it's um yeah man it's 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 tough like it's it's tough, tough it's, it's tough. tough and I could only like imagine like you mentioned that that player coming at you and just kind of two footing you you know fouling you without even the ball at your feet like I'd be I'd be shook yeah like, man, I'd be I've so got, shook because I've got a ton of stories about these, that these trip, guys man. are just uh you know like I said these these guys are like you said you're you're a college kid you know you're you know you're you're you're, you're set like you can do this or you you don't have to do this you can right you know, right but, you know for them it's it's you know for for many people across the world it's 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 it becomes I don't want to say a do or die that's a little dramatic but but in some ways yeah well, close you know, to it. Some ways, it, yeah. yeah. So um, that's so interesting, and, and and you and I'm, I'm I'm interested to know you know kind of how you relay those those messages to you, to your um your uh, your team you know and your players because you're you're actually the first um uh, college coach that I have on this on this podcast. I had uh, you mentioned Yannick Salmon, who's um who's a who's an academy coach for a club team out in New York, but you're the first college coach. So I'm, you know I'll get into how you how you relay those messages, but you know one thing that that kind of caught my attention was was maybe that that period where you you kind of mentioned you didn't even have have plans to go to go to college which um you know for me just hearing that is 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 surprising because you ended up playing like i think you ended up playing four years of college um yeah, so you yeah, ended up going throughout yeah. the whole thing and and it seems like you went to you know to 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 play in in asia more for maybe the the experience just to experience yeah, something different yep. but your highest point at that point was like like you said maybe about like 15 16 and then when you you mentioned that you got to a point where you were like yeah like maybe just going pro, like, it's just not going to happen. So I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll try out college, you know? So I'm curious, just like, 
how that was for you and to just come into that realization was like, was that, was that tough for you um, in terms of like really kind of come into that realization? And, and if so, like, how, how did you just kind of deal with that, that realization in itself? Yeah, it was tough, you know, and I think, you know, part of that reason was, was being involved in residency. You know, I was there, Josie Altador was my roommate in residency. Oh, no way. Um, you know, and he was, how he looks now is how he looked when he was <laughs> 17. Like, just a big frame, you know. Yeah. The way he plays was the same way he played, right? So I was around, and, and he got drafted right from residency to New York Red Bulls, you know. Um, we actually graduated high school together. You know, I went to went to school. Also, who lived with me was like Breck Shea, who had a really good career with FC Dallas, who went overseas to Stoke. Um, I think now he's at Miami. So I'm around high-level players. I'm around high-level, you know, playing against high-level countries. We, uh, You know, I've played against Brazil with, you know, you said you're an Arsenal fan. They played at Man United, the, the Silva Twins. Um, okay. Left back, right, uh, oh, left yeah. back, right back, Absolutely. you know. Uh, I think they're playing in France now, but like I've just been around high level players. I've been around high level internationals. So I saw what it looked like at that next level. So, you know, for me, right, like I wanted to be at that level. For me, that was what a professional level looked like. Obviously, there are tons of professional levels. You know, you can go play third division, Finland, anywhere around the world, right? Even what I did. But I wanted to be at that level. So in my head, it was, I need to go there. I need to be at that level. I remember going to like, had an opportunity to go to Stuttgart um, when I was with the national team, you know, mm. that is for me being a pro. Now, again, like that's just my own personal opinion. That's because what I've been around. But when guys say I want to be pro and guys I was around at residency wanted to be a pro, that's where they were going. Guys going to LA Galaxy. Josie was going to New York Red Bulls. We had a couple of kids going to Hertha Berlin. You know, I, I think uh, Kadeem, like, or I think, I don't know if it was Kadeem, he mentioned, like, Charles Ranking, yeah, who was, like, yeah. a younger kid growing up at residency, who, like, was a prodigy. He was, like, the next Freddie Adu, mm -hmm. you know? So I've been around a lot of guys in the league. I've been around the guys playing international football. That was my idea of what the next level looked like. So if I couldn't do that, then I didn't want to do anything else, mm -hmm. right? That was just that was just my, my, my mindset. Um you know, residency is, is, is an interesting uh, place to be. It, it puts a lot of stress on you. It burns you out. I've, I've been around high-level players that don't play football at all because they're just burned out. It's 24-7, nonstop. That's your life, you know. I mean, almost every week they would post, like, where you're at, like top 20, where you're at weekly. Um, it's just a lot for a younger kid, you know. And I'm glad that I mean, look, residency was a great experience, but I'm glad it's no longer a thing because being with an academy, being in, a, in a, an environment where you can socialize after, you know, for us, we had no life. You know, it was all about being a footballer. Um, there was no social aspect to our lives. Um, and residency became a thing, right? Because back in the day, you only trained like two days a week with like your club team. Meanwhile, the rest of the world is training high level every day in their academies right. so kind of like a jump start way to get high level players playing every day training every day um weightlifting in the gym you know we started uh psychology mental mental psychology there as well you know your life's kind of back at home is over and you're working to become a pro a high level pro so back to like going to college you know i i saw the highest level and if i didn't get there then you know i'll, I'll go to college and i thought about many times 
transferring out to different schools. And, you know, I, uh, when I went to Czech Republic, they offered me a contract and I turned it down because, you know, that's like what you just said, right? Like that's a tough life. And I wasn't, I didn't want to be in that environment. I didn't want to be in that environment because I had a really good setup at Fairfield. You know, I was close to my family. My older brother was playing with me. So I kind of started to uh, make those decisions from an quote unquote early age, I guess, you know, just because I was younger, but I was so in my head, so experienced as a player. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, those experience would, would give you that just like that knowledge base. And, and, and it's, it it's, you know, it sounds like you, you were just, you, you were kind of forced to mature quickly is, is kind of yeah. you know, what I've yeah, heard. That's, and just that's being a that, that you, great way. you, you, you graduated, you know, you were in college at, at, I think you said 16 or 17 and you graduated yeah. college at 21, right? When most people in college at 21, I think like, that's when I selected like my major, right? So like that's yeah. when I was. <laughs> so you know, um, my final question to you would be: being that you are a uh, you know a college coach for for a Division One team um, and in in NJIT, and and I'm sure that just just any I mean Division One you know college soccer in in in, in America is 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 co- the most competitive you know collegiate level that you can you can get to and i'm sure that you have players you know that 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 you mentioned that want to go pro or you know want to take soccer to the next level so i'm just curious you know about maybe just pieces of advice that that you give some of these players in terms of one like you know the actual going pro and then also two the the what ifs you know the what ifs you don't and 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 some pieces of advice that that you give those students about you know, it may not work out and you'll have to have a plan B. So I'm curious just how you relay that message and some of the messages that you, you send. Yeah, well, I mean, the first thing now that I'm involved in college soccer is I tell everybody, get a degree. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big I'm a big advocate in, in getting a degree and, and finishing college. Um, I, I think it's one of the best things you can do, you know, especially like I was really blessed, right? I didn't have to pay for high school. Football paid for my, my college, paid for my master's degree. It's done everything for me. So I tell guys, use it to your advantage, right? Get a degree, try to get a master's degree, go as far as football can take you, even though you may not be at a high level. It's still something to be proud of. But, you know, what I tell kids is, is uh, if it's meant to be, it'll happen. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things besides ability that will make you become a pro. You know, it's about timing and, and, and uh, you know what what different teams need and and the market and it's just very complicated. So you know almost kind of I would say uh, control what you can control. You know yeah. and and if things that you can't control, you you can't really think about it or you know you drive yourself crazy, right? Um, but that's what I tell guys: control what you can control. There's a lot of things that have to line up. If you become a pro, that's awesome. That's great. That's fantastic. If you don't, then then you go and you get a degree and. Trust me, like right now, you might not think it's great, but as you get older, you're like, wow, I played Division One for four years. I got a degree. Um, maybe I won a conference title. Maybe I went to the NCAA. And, you know, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I played absolutely. at a high level, but I still have a lot of respect for guys who go to college, play four years, graduate. You know, it's not easy to four years, right? Like, you know, it's four years every day training in, in January and February with, with no game in sight. That's not easy. It's not easy. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, no, I think that's a, that's a great point. Cause I mean, even 
like you said, and, and I think when you're when you're in the game and you're playing, you're not even you're not even really thinking about what you're doing or what you're accomplishing. Like you mentioned that even when you're playing at, at like against I, I don't know, like the Josie Altidores or Breck Shades, yeah. you're not really yeah. like you're in the moment more. So you're not even able to like really reflect on like, wow, this is like I'm at a really good spot. And and that's something I think for me too, even when, you know, I'm you know, thirty years now, uh thirty years old now and and about what, like eight years graduated and and I'm, you know, I look back and I'm like, damn, like, I'm so proud. They played four years, Division One college soccer, two years at a Big East school. Like, these are accomplishments yeah, yeah. that you can look back Absolutely. at and be like, man, like, it's like you start to realize that, like, those those opportunities are 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 far you know hard to come by you know are really Absolutely. hard to come by and not Absolutely. everyone can even can even do some of those things or or had those opportunities so and I think that another thing you mentioned was was which I think is is kind of relates back to your like soccer pro soccer is is a business type of thing is 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 your messaging to to some of your players that you know uh, it it depends on the timing you know it's the timing and it's the need of the team and it's the market and and those are things that like. Again, and I'm thinking back to my 20 year old self that that wanted to go pro. I'm not thinking about those things. I'm not like you're just like if you're good enough, you're gonna make it. Like and and that's what drives you. You're like if you're good enough, you're gonna make it. And that's when, if for me at least, you know, when I didn't, that's why it hurt so bad. You know, because it was like, man, like I guess I wasn't good enough. Like you know, but there's just like like you said, so many other factors. Or some sometimes it just it, it can just fall into place. I think it takes a decent amount of luck as well. Um, Absolutely, you know, which which I'm sure you deliver. So, man, I just th- those are those are great messages. Again, coming from a Division One coach who uh, who I know is, is working with a lot of a lot of athletes that that have, yeah, have yeah. professional dreams. So, For sure, um, that's a great lesson, man. Uy, this is this has been great, man. I think it was uh, it was great to hear hear your story. Um, you know, get a little bit more about your background, origins of your last name, even. Um, but it was uh, <laughs> and it's and it was really nice to to, to kind of get your perspective as someone who. Um, you know, who kind of again? It was really interesting that you, you know college was a kind of secondary thing for you, right? And 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 you didn't go into college thinking, all right, I'm gonna you know use this to go pro. You kind of made that decision a little bit even before college, and and you had that opportunity because again you were forced to mature so quickly. So, man, this was a uh, this yeah. was great, and I really really appreciate. Oh no, it's great, share, man. Yeah, no, no, for sure. You know, when you reached out to me, I started to uh, listen to your uh, podcast on my way to work. <laughs> Because uh, my drive is about like 25, 30 minutes, right? So it's perfect. Yeah. And uh, it's it's amazing uh, how many high-level players that you've had on this podcast, you know, from like the New York area. It's it's really cool um, to see what guy, like I haven't, you know, I haven't spoke to Adriano Gabriel in a long time, but listening to him was, you know, really cool, right? Um, you know, obviously like, me and Yannick are both in youth soccer and we're coaching now. It's really nice to hear, you know. Um, so I, I think it's awesome what you're doing. Yeah. I never realized that there's so many high-level players in, in New York. And I have to give a shout-out to Nicky Costa or she would kill me if I didn't. Because, uh, you, know, you know, he's a little bit of a, of a diva, right? So I got to give him a shout-out, you know. But uh, another like another one who I think you're having on the podcast who's, who's you know, is a very good player, right? Yeah. Lefty yeah. like me, but... Um, just high level players. It's really cool. Never realized there's so many good players in New York. Yeah, absolutely. I listen. I, I really appreciate you saying that. I think it's you know, uh, and a, and a and a big portion of this podcast is to is to honestly celebrate us. You know, celebrate us yeah, and yeah, like yeah. and like be proud of 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 everything that that we did. And and it's part of the reason why I have high level athletes on this because it's like man, like like 
like we did great things, like, and we still doing great things, you know, not, not to, you know, talk of the past, yeah. but like, it's, it's, it's just, it's accomplishments and it's, and it's things that not a lot of people or, you know, even like you said, may not even think about, or you may not even like thought about some of these guys in, in years and, and everyone had comes on and, and, and able to tell their own story. So, um, I think it's super beneficial, man. And, it's and nice, man. A, lot it's of nice. Your, a lot of your messages will go a long way. So I, again, I really appreciate I like you what you're doing. Appreciate no, no, it, for man. sure, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Definitely. Well, we best of luck to you in the uh, you know upcoming college season and, and all that. Keep doing good stuff, and uh, we'll talk soon, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs>